Desi, why are you doing all that exercise? Because today I've got Adelaide Goodeve as today's special guest on the podcast. And she's an endurance athlete coach. I need to get fit. But she's all about exercising your brain, not your body. So you're telling me I don't need to be doing any of this exercise? No, you don't need to do all that exercising. I think you should go on with the podcast. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, it's Ian Anson Gray on the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. This is episode 14, which is very exciting, episode 14. And today I've got Adelaide on to talk about how to overcome the fear of live video. But before that, I want to introduce a new sponsor to the show. I mentioned them last week, and that's Ecamm Live. And I use Ecamm Live to actually broadcast these live videos to Facebook and loads of other platforms out there. So Ecamm Live is my top live video streaming tool for Mac users. And that's because it's an amazing standalone app that makes full use of the power of Mac computers and helps you to level up your impact and authority using Confident Live Video. And I think one of the reasons why I love it is because it's easy to use, yet it gives you so many powerful features. So for example, it allows you to bring in guests onto the show like I'm doing today, it allows you to highlight comments on the screen, and it gives you the ability to save the video for repurposing later. Or if Facebook Live is a bit buggy, which has happened recently. It allows you to save a good quality video to then upload for later. It integrates not just with Facebook, but YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, and pretty much any platform out there. And of course, if you want to be really fancy and geeky, there are loads of other things you can do, such as NDI, virtual webcams, and more. So if you want to find out more and uh, play with it, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash ecomlive. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. So I want to introduce to you the guest on this week's episode, Adelaide Goodeve. I'm really excited to have Adelaide on the show because we met a few weeks ago at Janet Murray's Build Your Audience Live. Now, Adelaide is a mindset coach and international speaker. She helps athletes and professionals sharpen their most underutilized tool at their disposal, their brain, empowering them to achieve extraordinary performance. Adelaide, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on. I'm, I'm really excited about this, to have you on, because this is something I'm fascinated by. This the whole realm of mindset and psychology and the human brain, because I think, you know, we can spend so much time with other aspects of our business, whether that's marketing or the technology or the gear. All of those things are great, but we often forget what's happening in here, the mindset. And, and that so often stops us from doing our best work. I mean, if, if we've got a barrier in our brain, then we can stop doing things. That can hold us back from so many things. And I've certainly had that experience. 
I know that you have too, and I, I definitely would like to ask you about your story very soon. We, we met at Janet Murray's Build Your Audience live event. How did you get on with that? Did you enjoy that conference? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was, I really like all of Janet's events, actually. I think she holds some of the best events in the UK um, and internationally. They're always very well run. Your walk. When I remember attending one of her first events a couple of years ago, I walked in and she knew who I was, um, which is just amazing. And she knew exactly what I did as well. And I've been going every year, sometimes twice a year to her events. And they're always full of information that you can use straight away or you can take your time to take action on them as well. Um, but everyone is really nice, very, very friendly. The same, a lot of the people who attend one event will attend another one. So you can start building up your network with similar minded people as well who are in a similar position to you too. Or they're way ahead of you and then you can learn a lot from them as well. So yeah, I, I love Janet's events and it's gave me a lot of food for thought for taking my business, the mindset coaching um, into a new realm because I was inspired by your talk. And so now I'm looking into doing YouTube live. Fab. Oh, well, we can talk a little bit about that. And I'd love to know about your reasons for going for YouTube live as opposed mm -hmm. to some of the other channels out there, which is great. I, w I would love you to share a bit of your story because it's an interesting one. You, you've gone through quite a few issues and, and problems over the years, and, and that has enabled you to get to what you're doing today. I mean, if, if I was to, say, go back five years ago and speak to you then and say that you were doing what you're doing today, would, would you believe me? Um, five years old, I've got to do that. I've got to think about how old I was then. <laughs> yes, five years ago. So I just really come out the other side. So if we yeah. go back maybe six or seven years ago. Okay, yeah. Um, so I had chronic fatigue syndrome or ME. And that's when you're really tired all the time. But it's a different kind of tiredness in the one where you go to sleep in the evening and you wake up in the morning or when you're a bit hungover and then you're just sleeping all day to try and get over that. And it's kind of like an exhaustion and it goes into every fiber, every cell of your body. And it's as if someone's kind of ripped out your batteries and you can't, or you don't know how to put them back in again. And you don't really know how you can recharge them either. And chronic fatigue syndrome affects everyone in different ways as well. So for me, I also had heightened senses. So I had to be, unlike the really bad days, which are more often than not, um, I'd be in a silent room and it had to be dark because bright light, even on like a cloudy day, was just too much for me. So I often wore sunglasses. And again, with sound, it was just a small amounts of sound were just very overwhelming for me. So getting a tube into London would just be absolutely horrendous and something that you just wouldn't do. And you had to learn to manage your energy levels because you have such a finite amount of them. So you might see a friend for coffee and she'd come here. And then that would be it for maybe a week. So it was a very, it was a very strange condition and they don't really know what triggers it. For me, it was like a whole different, it was lots of different things that just compacted into one from traveling and from school as well. And it just kind of hit, hit a, I can't think what the word is, but it hit a point and my body was like, okay, this is enough. And it kind of just shut down. And from those different experiences, I started, because with the doctors, I was told that some of them don't believe in it. It's much better now, I think. And there's not really a cure for it. So it's quite different to if you have a broken arm or something that's very much, here's a test, okay, this is what you have. Um, chronic fatigue syndrome, you're kind of, it's a process of elimination. So you've got to eliminate everything else before they can then diagnose you with it. And even once you've been diagnosed, there's not a real treatment. There's not a pill you can take or a cure. Some people will go down the cognitive behavioral therapy route. For me, that didn't really help. And so then I started to look into lots of different alternative medicines, whereas acupuncture, um, looked at nutrition a lot, so started experimenting with different diets. And all of this would help the different symptoms I had, but none of it would help me fully recover. None of it would help me live a normal life. So as a result, I had to quit university 
and live at home and just be in bed the majority of the time. Did mean I got to read a few things and listen to a few things. And that's when I came across Rich Roll. He's an ultra endurance plant powered athlete. And he's based in America and he's got one of the top podcasts for nutrition and fitness. He has his own inspiring story of being an alcoholic and overweight to now becoming um, what Men's Health voted as the world's fittest man. And that was through Ironmans. Well, he did more extreme Ironmans, whether it was a double distance or five five Ironmans in five days in five different Hawaiian islands. Um, But his story really inspired me because I was like, wow, if he can do that, like, what could I do? Like, I could definitely fully recover. So that's when I really started to be more serious about about it. And that's what gave me the drive. And then, then I came across the lightning process, which is a three-day course, which teaches you how to rewire your brain. So it's a combination of neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, and life coaching. And it teaches you to spot when you're triggering yourself to go down an unhelpful pathway, and then how to stop it from traveling down that pathway, from giving it any more power, and how to change that action so you're actually traveling down a neuro pathway which you want to strengthen, which you want to give it more power and for that to be the unconscious process. So for me, I didn't realize this, but all day I'd be like, oh, I'm so tired. And I had no idea. I was saying to that to myself so often throughout the day. And so on the on the course, it re- taught you to recognize that trigger. So when you say to yourself, I'm tired, it's triggering that pathway. You're traveling down that pathway to trigger all those responses and emotions for feeling tired and your brain gets stuck. And also what's weird with your brain, it doesn't, it can't tell the difference between what's helpful and unhelpful to you. It just understands, okay, she's using this pathway a lot. Let's make this really easy for her to travel down. So then when you trigger yourself, it's much more, it's like it gets stuck in this loop. And that's what happened with me with chronic fatigue syndrome. I just got stuck in this loop of tiredness. And in three days, I was able to fully recover by just destroying that loop and then making a new loop for energy. Wow. That's such an inspiring story. And I've I've heard that before, but I think every time I hear it, it really inspires me. I'm sure everyone who's watching or listening has got maybe not the same kind of story. And I know not everyone has suffered from ME or chronic fatigue syndrome. But I think a lot of people struggle from tiredness and and blockages in, in some kind of way. Personally, I did suffer from chronic fatigue syndrome myself, and my wife did too. And I recognized those those triggers that certainly I had. I, I mm. kept on saying I was tired. I was singing professionally at the time. And I remember going to bed for an entire week. And then mm. I had a concert, a professional concert. So I got up, went into Manchester, performed this concert, and then I went back and slept for a whole week. <laughs> yeah, I can totally imagine that. And uh, it was, and the, the the problem that I had was that I felt like a fraud because I went to the doctors, and they look at you thinking, yeah, what's all this about? And they did loads of tests. So I think that's part of the problem, and it's it, it's a cycle. But learning those triggers, I, I want to kind of ask you a little bit more about those things because whether you've got ME or whether you've never had any of those health problems, I think these negative triggers is a, a huge part of why we don't do as much good or exciting things. Or I think that blocks us from creating loads of amazing things in our lives and our business. Do you want to kind of give us a bit more thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, self-talk is almost at the center of everything. Um, Because how we talk to ourselves affects our actions, behaviors, our beliefs. And it's really, really important the language we use. And as you said, with triggers, I often get um, the clients I work with, we start looking at what are they saying to themselves? 
And often they'll say to themselves, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. The others are stronger than me. I have to please people. Like I don't like letting people down. And then you have all of this self-talk and you'll find that actually this is what you're saying to yourself the majority of the time. And it's really, it's to detriment of your happiness, your physical health, as well as your mental health. And it stops you from getting the things done that you need to do or that you really want Mm. to do as well. So a lot of the time I'll just have people during a training session or during maybe a meeting or a work session, just to notice the thoughts. Because the first step to becoming aware to changing your thoughts is actually noticing them. So noticing those triggers. Um, For some people, it's what they say to themselves. For others, it can be a physical thing. So maybe it's a meeting with a certain someone and then that triggers the self-talk. So it's finding out exactly like pinpointing what it is. Um, although sometimes I work with a lot of clients and I don't need to know exactly what it is. We don't need to go into that nitty grittiness. Um, they're on one side of the river and then the process that we use is the bridge that helps them get to the other side. And you really focus on exactly how they want to feel in that situation. Because if you start to kind of immerse yourself in how you don't want to feel, again, you're strengthening those neuropathways, but also it can be a very overwhelming and horrible place to be. So we tend to just look at some of the key phrases that they're saying to themselves. So I had an athlete, um, he's a pro triathlete, he's a Norwegian pro triathlete. And for him, when he got to the run, especially the last 20 kilometers, his self-talk was really, really negative. And it, as a result, it completely sabotaged his performance. So I got him to write down those phrases. What is he saying to himself? And then to rephrase them in a really positive, productive, powerful way. And I don't just do this with athletes. I do it with professionals. I did it with children two weeks ago now. And it's understanding this is what you're saying to yourself in a really unhelpful way. Okay, how can you rephrase that in a really productive, positive, powerful way using positive language? So, for example, if someone says, I'm really nervous about going on live video, and it's like, okay, well, how do you want to feel instead? And they go, well, I don't want to feel nervous about going on live video. That's still actually triggering the same pathway because your brain doesn't hear not nervous. It just hears nervous. Um, so a really good exercise for showing for people to understand this is if I tell you now not to think about Einstein sitting on a purple dinosaur with bright pink spots, juggling three monkeys, immediately your brain's like, oh, okay, this is what it looks like. Okay, now that's not what we have to think about. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it's really strange. So when you say, I don't feel nervous, your brain gets in touch with those nervous feelings so it understands what not to think about. And so we have to use powerful language. So instead of thinking, I don't want to feel nervous about live video, you want to think, I want to feel calm, confident, and excited about live video. And once you have your powerful phrase, you can start noticing when those unhelpful phrases come up and you can change them immediately. That makes total sense. It, it's focusing on what you want it to be, not what you don't want it to be. Definitely. In it, that's in a very simplistic way. But for example, with live video, you can imagine how things are going in a really positive way. And that's the way you want it to be. And you visualize that. And chemically or biologically, what, what is happening, you're forming those neuro pathways to to help that to happen as opposed to what yep. tends to what tends to happen and this has happened with me is you think oh well what's going to go is everything's going to go wrong i'm going to forget my words and i'm going to fall off my chair and quite often or certainly this has been my experience with with singing i think those negative thoughts and then it ends up that that's actually happens you know yeah. i forget my forget my words i suppose it is those neural pathways neural pathways that are kind of forming that way but and and again going back to your story of me if you're talking about the fact that oh, i feel tired i feel tired well 
yeah, you're going to be tired because you keep saying it. Is, am I oversimplifying? No, that's that's perfect. I think sometimes you have to make things simple as well for mm. it to be mm. for people to take action. And especially what's interesting with visualization is and when you think to yourself, like, I'm going to forget my words, you're actually your brain can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imaginary. So if you're visualizing or if you're daydreaming or thinking, however you want to call it, and like if you're going to do a singing performance and you're thinking and you're seeing yourself forgetting those words, then actually you're creating a memory of that specific moment in time. So then when you come to that moment, your brain's like, oh, this is what this is what happened last time. And so you will forget your words. But if you were to visualize in a really powerful, positive way, exactly how you wanted that performance to go or how you wanted that live video to go, and you had your positive mantras in there, you knew how you'd feel, what you'd see, what you'd hear, even what you'd smell and what you would taste. And I know they're quite odd senses to put in there when you're doing a live video, but they're really, all of those things are really important. I mean, Michael Phelps, if you listen to how he visualized, it'd always be in a swimming pool and he would visualize the smell and the taste of chlorine because obviously you get that in a swimming pool. And it just makes that visualization that experience more real and your brain thinks that's a memory and so then when you come to that situation it's like oh we've done this before in this way and that's how you're increasing your your um, you're increasing the chances of that situation playing out in the way you want it to that is such a good tip so we've got a few comments Toll's here so she says i have a similar story that's why we started developing the slow business approach. I think everyone can benefit from learning from Adelaide Goodeve about mindsets. Totally agree with that. And Jennifer, Jennifer says, love how simple this is making visualization. And I really believe in this. I, I agree. I think though for some people, the whole kind of process of visualizing will be really difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you talked about Michael Phelps imagining the smell of chlorine. And when it comes to live video, I, I'll be honest, I think sometimes this whole realm of visualization, I find a bit difficult. Now, I, I have been able to do it and it's taken a long time to get into that process. Mm -hmm. But for people who maybe, maybe they've got different kinds of brains, they find visualizing these kinds of things, how things could be or how they want things to be. Have you got any tips on, on that? Because we're all different, aren't we? Definitely, we're all different. So I actually did this with, I think there were 15, uh, 12 to 14 year olds uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> and we just went through, like pick a goal. So if you want a live video, for instance, for instance I'll use my example. Say I wanted to do, um, like my dream guest would be Lucy Charles on my future YouTube live show. And she is one of the top triathletes in the world um, for Ironman distance races and half Ironman distance races. And I would want to just, it's very simple. That would be my goal. The goal would be to have the best conversation with Lucy Charles as possible. So it's a very simple goal. And from there, you can start to think, well, how is that going to look? And you can start off really simply. So with your, for example, if we were to use your Skype layout, it'd be like, well, I'm going to have two images. They're going to be really amazing. One will be of her, one will be of me. And it's thinking, okay, in your studio, how is my setup going to look? I'm going to have this microphone. And if you write it down, it's a lot easier than just thinking about it because you can start to, when you write it down, you can kind of more get into the story. And it's quite cathartic as well. And then you can start to change and alter it. So you then be thinking about, for example, I have my microphone. Okay, that's plugged into the laptop. So you can be very... If you struggle with creativity, you can be very functional about it. Like the laptop will be open. It's going to be on. I'll be able to see me and Lucy. The microphone will be working and plugged in. I'll have a glass of water. So you can start to think about how it's going to look in a very functional way. And then you want to think, okay, well, what am I going to hear? 
I'm going to hear my, I'm going to hear my voice and I'm going to hear her voice and her story. And you could even go to like, my voice is going to be very confident. It's going to be, it was a bit like what you spoke about Janet Murray's event, how you can do different exercises to make your voice more varied. So you're not monotone. So you can hear like my voice is going to be varied. It's going to be really uplifting. It's going to be inspiring. And so just think about how exactly how you want your voice to sound and what you're going to hear. And then you could be like, and Lucy's is going to be this because she'll be enjoying the conversation. If you're having a glass of water, you could be like, I'm going to taste some water before the live video. But maybe taste isn't a strong one for you. Maybe for you, even as a professional singer, I know that I have a client of mine and actually sound for him, because he's, he's really into music, is a much more stronger sense than visualization. Mm. Then, sorry, than seeing. So when mm. we're visualizing, we're actually seeing sound and we're hearing sound a lot more. So it's also getting into the groove and understanding which senses are the most powerful for you. And you'd include the other ones, but really focusing on that one, which is the most powerful. So you can start to go into a bit more detail. I hope that answers your question. It certainly does. Yeah, and no, that's really, really helpful. And for people who, going back to your earlier point about these triggers that we have, you know, presumably the more you think about these visualizations and, and you're thinking about the positive, the less likely these this internal, this negative kind of conversation, these triggers happen, but they're yeah. still presumably going to pop up every now and again. How do we kind of work out or how do we kind of work out what those triggers are? I mean, obviously, if people go for coaching, that mm -hmm. will really help. But if you're on your own that you know, to begin with, how do you go about finding out what those triggers are and, and stopping those before they take hold? Yeah, so... It's a bit like, I find meditation actually is a really useful practice for this because a lot of the time you'll have thoughts which will float into your mind and that trains you to start spotting thoughts because that's what we do when, we, when we're looking for triggers. It's just becoming more aware of them. And with meditation, because your, your mind is a lot calmer, different things rise to it and you can start to, you just see them float by. Or that's what often, um, if you're listening to calm or headspace that's often what they'll tell you is you can just see them and then they float away and that's actually a great practice for training your brain to spot the triggers um another one which i'd tell my athletes um, and professionals to do is just notice the thoughts coming into your mind so if you're sitting quietly doing work and something you're, you tell yourself something it's just a stop and often just saying stop is enough because it gives yourself time to pause it gives yourself time to reflect and just ask yourself a really simple question is this helping me? And if it's not, then you want to rephrase it into a powerful, positive, productive phrase. Mm. And then if it is, then that's great. Like give yourself a pat on the back and build upon the power of that thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. So I, I think this will take time, but keep keeping it at some kind of documents, writing this down is, is a really helpful thing. Something that I found helpful is having a document. I've got a Google Doc, which are, I call it my truths and affirmations folder or mm -hmm. file. And I write down there things that I know to be true and things that I want to be true in the future. And I I feel a bit, I'll be honest, I feel a bit silly reading it, but, or I used to, but the more and more I, I do it, the more I, I realize this is so helpful. And this is getting away from the old Ian, which was actually basically a lie. And it was a, it was a lie that I was teaching myself probably from early childhood. <laughs> I think it really, really helps. So I'd love to know a little bit more about your live video journey and what you're looking at doing. You've got a, you've got a podcast. Have you done much video? And 
what are you going to be doing with live video, particularly with YouTube? Yes, I've I've played around with video. It's not been a serious aspect of my business just yet. Um, but actually, after the Janet Murray event, there was that corping um, competition. So corping allowed you to take, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, allowed you to take the video and then create those meme style videos, which Gary Vaynerchuk is famous for. If you've heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, he's an influencer in the marketing space, I guess you could say. And he made the meme videos really popular. So it's when you have the title at the top and then you have the subtitles at the bottom. And that's what Corping allowed you to create. So I entered Janet Murray's competition to win a year's subscription to Corping, which sadly I did not win. Um, but it suddenly made me realize how powerful video was because that video's had nearly a thousand, over a thousand views now actually. Um, and that's just on LinkedIn. I And it's had nearly the same amount on Instagram as well. And I had loads of comments being like, um, so the video was on actually just what we've been talking about. When you have an unhelpful thought, how can you get rid of that as quickly, as easy as possible? And so I just talked about um, the technique, which is a favorite among all my athletes. They use it. Um, so I just came back from the Paratiming World Championships and they all use it during competitions um, because it just enables you to get rid of all those unhelpful thoughts very, very quickly. And obviously, the more you practice and the more you train your brain to do it, the easier it becomes. Hmm. And that views had so many comments and so many views. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like videos is so powerful. Um, and I put it onto like IGTV and I will put it on to YouTube as well soon. So I want to do more video, more videos like that. So looking at different mindset techniques and doing a video around each one. And then for the YouTube live shows, I have my podcast. But what I want to do with YouTube is have it very specific. So my main target audience is triathletes. So now it's probably going to be para climbers as well, as that seems to be the direction of um, I have 50-50 about in triathletes and para climbers now. Um, so it'll be interviewing an athlete and their coaches as well, because I'm interested from if it's a mindset coach, but also from a physical coach perspective. And we'll just be talking about one mindset technique per athlete and a little bit about their story, but mainly about a mindset technique that they help, uh, that they use that helps them optimize their mindset, perform at their best on a consistent basis. So that's the idea of the YouTube live video. And it'll be done in seasons because a weekly show is a little bit too much at the moment. My podcast is in seasons. And for me, it means that I can also pick and choose the best people I think are going to be, well, the best people for my podcast as well. And I'm hoping it'll be the same for the YouTube live. Whether I turn the YouTube live into a podcast series, I don't know, but that's a possibility. But I just want to start having a much more short, a shorter session, so 20 minute videos geared towards mindset specifically and one mindset technique per athlete. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what techniques they favor over other ones and how elite athletes what techniques they can use that we can then apply to, into our everyday life, whether you're a professional, whether you are an athlete. That's really cool. I love that idea. And this is a really interesting question to ask you because you are in the middle of thinking about this. You've not yet launched your YouTube live series, no. but you're obviously <laughs> thinking about it. So how are you preparing your mind? I mean, I could ask you loads of technical questions about how you're, how you're preparing it from a tech point of view or content and a marketing point of view. But since you're on the show to talk about mindset and fear and all these kind of things, how are you preparing your mind for that? Are you feeling... You know, do you feel a little bit nervous about this or are you able to just channel your energy into delivering something that's going to be really amazing? What's your, what's your yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have to think about that because I think <laughs> like the first, I already know the athletes I want to get on and they, one of them is actually a client of mine. 
because I have said that Norseman, the Isla Norseman Extreme Triathlon is coming up very soon. Uh, it's in two weeks time. And I know I want to get the athletes who win that on the show. And for me, I just find the possibility of getting these athletes onto the show really exciting. And mm. for me, it's just a really, I got to think of another word, but it's a very exciting thing to talk about mindset with with these athletes. Um, so for me, it's just, I don't really have any negative thoughts or unhelpful thoughts around that yet. Um, I might start feeling a bit nervous soon, but for me, it's like, um, it's just like a podcast interview. So I don't, it's not that daunting. Whereas when I first started podcasting, I would write down everything, like all the questions I was going to ask. I had the script and it was all very detailed step-by-step basis. Whereas now I tend not to do as much research into my guests. I tend to have been following them for a while anyway. So I know quite a lot about them, which sounds very stalkerish, but it's usually on Instagram or LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) So I've seen their journey and I've usually read the book if they've had a book that's come out. And that's why that's triggered me to reach out to them and get them on the podcast. And then we'll just have three or four topics that I want to explore. So, for instance, I recently launched um, season four of the Adelaide podcast and I had Jamie Parker on the show, who's a CEO of Jaybird. And I knew I wanted to talk to him about trail running and becoming a CEO of Jaybird, which is a headphone company. So they're owned by Logitech and they produce headphones for adventure athletes or adventurers or those who just want to have a bit more adventure in their life. And I use them for running. Um, I love them. And I wanted to find out a bit more about the brand because their marketing is really on point and I'm also into the marketing branding side of things. I was just very interested to see how the trail running mindset helped him be a better CEO and how being a CEO has helped him in trail running as well. So that was the conversation I knew I wanted to have. And that's, that's all I kind of prepared for it. Whereas if you'd asked me two years ago, everything would have been written out. Like the introduction would have been written out. All the questions would have been written out. Um, But now I'm comfortable with that process and I've practiced it over 40 times I feel it's now in my comfort zone to kind of freestyle the conversation as long as I hit those three things I had in mind. And I'm kind of putting the same process over into the YouTube live. I mean, for me, the unknown element is this whole like Ecamm live setup. Um, And that could be where it'll be a bit more disconcerting because I'm now figuring out a whole tech setup and making sure it's run right. Um, and making sure the process of getting the guests on is very seamless. Because I know from my own experience, it's frustrating if the things that hap- that they say are going to happen doesn't happen and you don't really know what's happening. And if you have a slick process, then people are more willing to recommend the podcast and share what you've yeah. talked about as well. So that'll be more the things I'll be concentrating on because I'm quite comfortable now. It's in my comfort zone to talk to people on in person or on video. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So you've you've had a lot of experience in interviewing and producing content, maybe not so much with the video, but you've done that with the podcast. And that's over time, you've gained a lot more confidence with that. So for you, really, the the challenge will be more the tech, you know, getting, yeah. getting the tech to work. And I think for people, it's one of three things, or sometimes it's more than one. It's, it's either confidence in front of the camera or the mindset side of things. It's the confidence with the tech or gear. And then finally, sometimes it can be the, the confidence in what on earth do you talk about? About, that doesn't seem to be a problem with you at all because you, no, you've like already <laughs> you, <laughs> and but you've also you've got the guest and you're really excited about that you've got your why sorted which is awesome yeah. so yeah so we, we're kind of towards the end of our show but I just wanted to ask I loved this bit in your bio about helping people or helping athletes to achieve extraordinary 
performance. I love that. How would you, if we were to turn that towards entrepreneurs with live video, how can entrepreneurs using video achieve extraordinary performance, do you think? That's such a good question. Um, so I think if you're wanting extraordinary performance with your live video, just have a simple metric, which could be just to have like the best conversation ever and feel comfortable having that conversation. Um, and then as possible, because that'd be your measurable and just do it off a feeling. Um, so usually how a very simple method I score is it's not, <laughs> it's not very innovative. It's on a scale of one to 10. So 10 being the best conversation you could possibly ever have and zero being not, not the best conversation you could ever have. And what I would do around mindset is ensuring that they're scoring a 10. So be looking at how they feel right now, having a conversation on live video. So say the thought of having a conversation or doing live video would be a four out of 10. It'd be understanding what does that four look like and why it's not a three out of 10 and why it's not a five out of 10. So then you understand how you can start progressing. So going from a four to a five. Um, so for me, building up my confidence for live video, actually Instagram stories has been the best thing because it's just so, it's such a simple thing. And when I first started doing it, I was so awkward and I hated doing any kind of video. But the more I've done video on Instagram live, you're building up a lot of evidence that actually you're getting better at something and that you can do this. And if you look really stupid, it's you can either delete it or it's for 24 hours. It really does not matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I've done some really bad lives on Instagram live. Um, and I feel awkward doing it. But just the process of getting on it and doing it. And you don't have to do it for very long, you can just do it for 30 seconds. Um, so it's looking at the small increment steps that you can take, which are gonna lead to extraordinary performance. And also, instead of thinking of extraordinary performance in like the really big picture, so within a half an hour live conversation with someone, it could be looking at how can you make that 20, that 15 second video on Instagram, the best 15 second live of story or thinking if you want to do go live for a minute maybe on a blog that you've done how can you make that extraordinary i love that that's so so good and i totally agree with you about the the whole instagram story thing it's starting small building it up over time and focusing on maybe just doing a, a 30 second to a minute live video just sometimes maybe just do that privately in a group to begin with and, and build yeah. that over time so that's that's really good. Uh, Jennifer says, uh, I like the idea of a set process to follow with video. I think that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. I've actually got a checklist that you can download. It's iag.me forward slash guides forward slash checklist smartphone. Amazing. I'll be downloading that one. <laughs> so anyway, it's been great to have you on, Adelaide. Uh, how can people find out more about you? And if you've got any uh, resources that you can send people to, obviously there's your podcast. How can people listen to your yeah, podcast? Yeah, so my podcast is called The Adelaide Podcast and it is out um, on all the popular podcasting apps. So Spotify, iTunes, um, Stitcher, Acast, anything that you enjoy listening to um and so you can listen to it there and um, so season four is just out i'm actually an episode behind um which is really bad of me um but i was at the paris Climbing world championships and the internet <laughs> in brionson was really bad and i hadn't pre-uploaded so my process broke down <laughs> um but there we go we're all human so it is yeah that's what i keep saying it's, it's fine um so we'll be back on track on thursday and as it comes out every Thursday, it was Wednesday, now it's Thursday. Um, so yes, as you can see, mistakes do happen and it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so you can listen to the Adelaide podcast there. And we have a range of different conversations with 
an eclectic background of people. So whether they're triathletes or CEOs and professionals, and it's always looking into their story and their mindset and what they found useful. Um, so one of the most popular episodes was with Megan Hine, who's an adventurer and she's actually um, a survival expert as well. And she's the lady behind Bear Grylls. And so that conversation is really helpful if you're looking into how you can get rid of negative thoughts very quickly. She is she shares some really valuable techniques. And from there, I also have a download. I think it's adelaidegoodief.com forward slash download. But um, I've actually forgotten what the URL is, which is terrible on, on, when doing live video. Um, so there is a download. And then I interview Olaf Dulner, who's an extreme endurance athlete. And he's also a scientist in New York City. So we talk about how... We, it was a really great conversation, but the audio wasn't great because my microphone broke, so then I didn't record it on my on my phone, and it just did not work. So I turned it into this really cool ebook, and it looks at his story and how he got into sport, and how being a scientist has helped him in his sport, and vice versa. And he also shares some really valuable techniques. It's great to read if you're commuting on a train or just want to chill out on a Sunday morning. That's awesome. That's cool. And uh, speaking of mistakes. I've completely forgotten to mention our other sponsor. I was getting so excited <laughs> by what you were saying that I forgot to mention Content 10X. So I'm going to mention Content 10X now, if that's okay. And then we can give a, a reminder to uh, to your website and yeah. how people can oh, find I'm out really. about your podcast as well in a minute. And you can find the link while I'm doing this. So, <laughs> so that just shows you that uh, with live video particular things, don't always go according to plan, even if you have a checklist. And that's fine. Which is absolutely fine. So Content 10X, content10x.com. They are sponsors of this Confident Live Marketing Show. I'm so excited that they are sponsoring because it's such an amazing fit. They are experts in content repurposing. They provide a full end-to-end repurposing service. And as I said before, one of the greatest ways to create content, one of the quickest ways to create content. Once you've sorted out those mindset issues that we've been talking about today and the tech issues, you create the content very quickly. You press that go live button, you share that content, you press the end broadcast button, and then you can then just send that to content10x.com and they will then take that and repurpose it to explode across the internet. So you could turn, they can turn that into a blog post for you, into a podcast, into a video for LinkedIn, and into loads of social media images and posts all across the internet. So definitely check out content10x.com. They've also got an awesome blog and podcast packed with great advice on all things repurposing. So thank you so much to content10x.com. So have you found out where your your, your resource? Oh, fabulous. Excellent. Um, do I, it's adelaidegoodeve.com forward slash podcast dash subscribe. And I can post it in the comments. And also, if you are listening to this podcast, I will put it in the show notes. So you, if you just go to iag.me forward slash 14, that's iag.me forward slash one four, you will be able to see the, the links there. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much, Adelaide. It's been great to have you on. And uh, Thank you so much for point, having me. Yeah, it's been great. This is such an important issue. And uh, if uh, you are struggling with mindset, do get in touch, do read the show notes, do listen to this podcast again, because I know that Adelaide has shared so many amazing points in here. So thank you, Adelaide. Thank and you. I'll be with you again next week. I hope that you can level up your impact, authority, and profits using live video confidently. See you soon. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Daddy, hit that button now. You do realise there's not actually a button. Yes, I do. But it'd be quite good if there was. What do you reckon? Yeah, like a live video button. All you need to do is click on live video on Facebook Live. And then what happens? Um, You have to enter all of the details of the live video and then you go live. Do you know what? I think you'd make an amazing producer. Do you want to be my producer? Yeah! Let's do it. Cool.